Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of the Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas. You can also check out our website at hitthatline.com for all types of great articles, interviews, podcasts, videos, whatever it is dealing with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Be sure to check it out at hitthatline.com. We're going to have a fun-filled podcast today. Jason Kersey of The Athletic is going to be joining us to talk a lot about Arkansas and the state of the program. We had a great article written for The Athletic just talking about where Arkansas is at and where they're going and how they can achieve greatness or at least some level of success compared to what they did last season. So that's pretty much what our whole podcast is going to be dedicated to, and it's going to be great. And I'm sure we'll probably get into some uh, Cobra Kai conversation as well. And before we get to Jason, I have to ask you a simple question, folks. Have you ever had to hire somebody? Like, seriously, have you ever had to hire an individual for your place of business? It's tough, right? Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, confusing review process. All of that's fun stuff, but it's not really that fun. But we can make it fun because today, hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on, all right? ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter can scan thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply for your job. And as applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one of the spotlights and gives you their top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of the employers who post on ZipRecruiter can get a quality candidate within the first day. And at right now, right now, right here, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. Once again, ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. Give it a try today. I promise you, you won't be disappointed with ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Welcome back into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. We're going to continue to discuss, I guess it's not spring football. We're kind of in the transition of spring football, heading into summer workouts, going into fall camp. But it's always football season, especially here in Arkansas Razorback land. And uh, we're going to break that down a little more as we talk to the guy that wrote a, had a great write-up on The Athletic talking about Arkansas and talking about Chad Morris going into year two. We are now joined by Jason Kurtzy, who covers Oklahoma for The Athletic, but uh, also uh, has a lot of experience covering Arkansas and had a great write-up on it. Jason, appreciate you joining us, man. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing good. Yeah, I, I mostly cover Oklahoma, but I still dabble in Arkansas coverage there you from go. time to time. So, yeah, yeah. so Arkansas is kind of like your side chick a little bit. Is that, is that what you're saying? <laughs> I, I guess so. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. We can go with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. We'll make that one work then. We'll make that one work. Well, and, and it's funny because uh, me and you actually got to sit next to each other at the spring game that Arkansas had. And I think I had you on around that time, too. And a few, few things have obviously changed and kind of going into year two, because let's be honest, Jason, year one was about as bad as it could get for Chad Morris. I, I mean, it's, it's about as bad as you get for any coach. So really people are saying, Hey, the only way to go from being down at the lowest is to go up. So people are hoping that's the case, but just from what you've seen with this team, uh, what you've talked to Chad Morris, heard him talk and, and seeing what they have for the makeup, as far as the roster goes, how much improvement can there be from this team going from two wins to how many wins this year? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the the bottom line when it comes to this team is they 
They it would be it would be really I think it would be harder for them to get worse than it would be for them to get better. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and because they only winning two two games last year. Um, you look at their schedule this year. They don't have any Power Five. Uh, I don't believe any Power Five. They don't have any Power Five uh, non conference opponents. So they should win four games at least this year. And if they don't win four games, that I think that's a um, that would be at that point, I think it's kind of, you can blame a lot of the past stuff on the way Bielema left the program. And certainly there are still lingering elements of that, but if they don't win at least four games this year, that feels like that's kind of on Morris. Yeah. I'm kind of with you too, because I've been trying to say at least to when on my radio show that, you know, it's just about getting players in. And I do think that there were some players on the team last year. There was a little bit of talent. I don't think that there was such little talent that they were a two win team, if that makes sense. Like I, it was really hard to put your finger on it, but I felt like, like, did you feel like there was more talent on that team last year, even though there wasn't much of it, but more than that two win team that we saw? Well, sure. I mean, they, they certainly should have won the Colorado state game and, and they probably should have won the North Texas game. Now uh, they, you know, I guess like North Texas is a pretty good group of five teams. So I guess occasionally they'll creep up and be a team. They shouldn't, but there is no reason they should go to an SEC stadium and beat that team by 20 or whatever it was. Um, there's just no reason North Texas should be doing that to Arkansas or any SEC team. Um, and then they should have probably beaten Ole Miss too. There, uh, that uh, they, that game in Little Rock. So, um, so that's three wins right there that they probably could have or should have had. Uh, so yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, they they are a little bit talent deficient. I would say certainly they were last year, but I, I'm kind of with you. They, I don't think it was. The talent wasn't as bad as it maybe appeared to be. Sure. So do you feel like it's been fixed? Maybe not in the level of getting like to a 10 win team or anything, but as far as the major talent deficiencies last year and now seeing how this team looks like this year, do you feel like they've answered a lot of those doubts and a lot of those questions? Well, they start, I think they've started to, uh, certainly the, the recruiting class when you have, uh, I, I, I don't remember the exact numbers, but you know, they added, you know, I think they like doubled or maybe almost double whatever the number of four stars they had on the team or something just in this recruiting class. Or I don't remember what the exact uh, uh, numbers were, but I mean, they certainly have improved the talent. The problem is these guys are all so young and, and you don't know who's going to be ready to play. Trey Knox certainly looks ready to play, um, but is he, how's he going to react uh, to an SEC schedule? Um, th- th- those are all, those are all real questions. Some of those DBs, that they have in uh, that, that look good in the spring game. How are they going to react when they're going up against the receivers at Alabama? I mean, I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't know uh, how, how ready they are to take that step. And then I think the big question is at quarterback because um, Chad Morris's system needs good quarterback play. They definitely didn't have that last year. Uh, this year they, they have a guy in Ben Hicks who knows the system, but is he good enough to play uh, in the SEC? I don't know. Um, I maybe, but but maybe not. Is uh, and is Nick Starkle good enough to play in the SEC? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he he you know couldn't hold on to the job there at Texas A and M. So I think that's an open question too. Um, and so really, I I I feel like this offense, and and maybe this is a bad attitude, but I kind of feel like this offense needs like KJ Jefferson really needs him to work out. Maybe not this year. But in the long term, like someone who comes in as part of the system, or maybe it's uh, Noland, or maybe it's uh, Jones, one of those guys who comes in, uh, who has who has been part of this system and comes up in it, and in another couple of years 
can really run it effectively. That's kind of what I feel like they need to have happen. Speaking with Jason Kersey, who writes for The Athletic, who put out an article dealing with the Arkansas Razorbacks, the state of the program, the headline actually says no quick fix for Arkansas, but Razorbacks have the blueprint. Now, okay, first off, when you say they have the blueprint, is is that saying that Chad Morris knows what it's going to take to win and he's getting those pieces together, or is it that they know but they just ha- they haven't figured it out yet? I mean, what do, what does that mean when they have the blueprint for it, they just haven't gotten it done? Well, I should stipulate that I didn't write that headline, but okay. um, <laughs> of course, but 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 I but I agree with it in a way. And so what I would say is is that they um, Chad Morris has he knows how to win. He's been around winning programs. I mean. You know, Clemson, what I mean, he wasn't there when they are what they are today, but he saw what it took, what Dabo was doing in the early days to build it into what it is today. And Chad Morris certainly deserves credit for being part of that um, that system uh, that, that or that that program that Clemson is, which, you know, might be the best uh, or certainly one of the best two programs in the country. So um, that's one way I think he has a blueprint. I think he knows. I think he knows uh, what it takes to win. The problem is uh, he has to rebuild a program basically from the ground up because, um, and I always try to stipulate, you know, I like Brett Bielema personally. I I worked well with him. He was very good to me for the most part. Um, We had a good working relationship and I think he's a good coach, but he left this program in disastrous condition for Chad Morris, clearly, or they wouldn't have gone two and 10 last year. So I think, they, they've got to fix some of the structural things, and then obviously they got to fix the talent. Would you say that a program like Arkansas, when you say that they, they're having to build it from the ground up, when you compare it to other programs, say if every program in the SEC was at, at the bottom, just they all needed to be built up from the ground up, would you say Arkansas is one of the more difficult jobs to do that in? That's a good, that's a really good question. I mean, it's not as difficult as Vanderbilt. Uh, because Vanderbilt has the the academic element, and also just you know it's it's not uh, the. I mean, our, I don't know. It's pro- I, I would say it's probably wouldn't be as tough as Kentucky, um, because of Kentucky being sort of a basketball school in South Carolina. I mean, Arkansas has some good tradition uh, and and a lot of good boosters and um, passionate fans. The, the problem for them um, is that they, they really haven't sustained success in a long time. And, and then on top of that, they have trouble, for whatever reason, getting recruits uh, to visit Fayetteville. And maybe that's changing with Chad Morris. Um, certainly seems to be. But, you know, and, and frankly, I've never understood that as a person who moved to Fayetteville from, uh, you know, who had never lived here in my life until I moved here uh, or moved to Fayetteville a few years ago. Um, I think Fayetteville is a great, it's one of the best cities in the SEC. So I, I find it really kind of baffling that they've had a hard time. So it shouldn't be maybe as hard as it, as it often is, if that makes sense. No, it does. Cause that's one of the things that sometimes people will chalk up to what Chad Morris is going through and the struggles that he has is because it's, Oh, it's, well, it's just at Arkansas. Arkansas is a tough place to win as it is, which I can agree to cert- to a certain extent. But at the same time, I think Chad Morris in the way that he's recruiting, and I know it's only one class, but it looks like it's really building into something. He's kind of proving that theory wrong where, hey, you can't recruit to Fayetteville. You can't recruit to Arkansas because I think he's done a really good job so far. And if he can continue to do that, we studies show, man, history has shown that if you build up a few great recruiting classes, odds are you're going to have a pretty dadgum good team, too. Right. And I, and I think that's the thing um, that 
it, it felt like when I was covering Arkansas full time and sort of getting to know the culture and the fans, it felt a lot of times, and, and you're obviously much more well-versed in this than I am, but it felt sometimes like they didn't understand why, why it is that Alabama, you know, a relatively small state in the South, Tuscaloosa is, you know, I mean, why is it easier to recruit to Tuscaloosa than it is to recruit to Fayetteville? And obviously the tradition and Nick Saban sending all those guys to the NFL has a lot to do with that. And I would say the same thing about Norman, Oklahoma. Um, why is Norman, Oklahoma easier to recruit to to Fayetteville? Well, it's not because the cities are are, are better than Fayetteville. Uh, they're not, frankly. <laughs> but the problem is, is that uh, the... Uh, the the program just has not had that sustained success, and they need that. They need to string together three or four really good recruiting classes and start winning a lot of games. I mean, if I, I guess I would say if Chad Morris can recruit the twenty was it twenty third best recruiting class in the country after a two and ten season, maybe the worst season in program history, what's he going to be able to do if they go six and six or seven and five or eight and four? I mean, I think that's uh, that's what should give Arkansas fans hope. We're going to continue our discussion with Jason Kersey of The Athletic, talking a lot about Arkansas and the current state of things here in just a second. But first, this from the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. And it's also funny, too, because I had this discussion on my show where in the SEC West, we all know about Alabama. I mean, they're, they're the king of the kings. And then... You have programs like LSU that are always going to be pretty good. You got Auburn, who's always kind of messing around there, finding ways to get involved. You, you see Texas A&M with Jimbo Fisher. Who knows how that's going to go? It looks like it's going to go pretty well. But it's just a matter of, okay, so where does Arkansas fall into that place? Where can they find their spot in the SEC West? Because I don't think anybody realistically is expecting Arkansas to compete for an SEC West title, at least not in the next two or three years. But at the same time, though, I mean, they're going up against some heavy hitters. So where where can Arkansas's place be in the SEC West? Where can they find their role in this conference and in this division? Yeah, yeah it's I mean, that's that's a great question because, um, you know, they 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 were so close. You know what? Uh, what was Patrina 2011? So like eight mm -hmm. years ago, they were so close. They were right there. Only two losses were to the two teams that played in the national title game. Um, so it can be done. Um, the question is, can they compete in the SEC West consistently? Can they consistently finish in the top three or four of the SEC West um, and, and or maybe even in the top two in the SEC West? And um, they're obviously a long way from that, but they're, they're just in such a weird place. And, and maybe I'm somewhat changing the subject here, but like I've I've <laughs> it's always sort of struck me as like Arkansas is in this weird place where. The SEC has given Arkansas all this prestige, all this money, um, all, all of these, all of this greatness. But at the same time, like if they'd been in the Big Twelve in 1998, would Arkansas have been a national? Would be, would, it, would they have been national champions that year? I mean, I'm I'm really I'm serious. Like you were around then, you were paying attention. If they hadn't had to play Tennessee that year in Knoxville, and instead. That was that was pre Oklahoma being what they were under Stoops. Texas wasn't very good that year. Mm -hmm. The best team was Kansas State in the in the conference mm -hmm. that year. Would would Arkansas have been national champions that year? Would they have a national championship if they'd gone to the Big Twelve instead of the SEC? I, I'm I'm I I, I don't want to make anybody sad or upset or <laughs> pissed off, but I'm I'm serious. Uh, you know, I've actually thought about that myself, and and it's funny because if they because even if they would have beaten Tennessee that year. 
they still would have had to face him in the SEC championship game. And so they would have had to, and beating a team twice in one year is really difficult. So I I have always felt like it just depends on the year. But yeah, that year, if they would have been put into the Big 12 instead, honestly, I don't know if they would have won it, but they certainly would have played for it for sure. Yeah. And, and you know, Kansas State was really good that year, but, but Kansas State got upset in the Big 12 title game uh, that year by Texas A&M. But my point just is, if you look through sort of the history of Arkansas and the SEC, it's given them so much great things, and it's been certainly part of building that campus and that athletic, uh, the athletic facilities into what they are. But man, you wonder what the success in football might have been if they didn't have to play Alabama, Auburn, if they didn't have to hope for Alabama to come off this perch for them to have a shot at winning it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's kind of the it's it's a two edged sword, really, because, you know, who would have guessed that when Arkansas joined the SEC in 1992, that the conference would be what it is today or even the division would be what it is today. It just you know, it's really hard to understand, really look at that and, and look at it in a hindsight way. But it's like, I don't know. Just talking with Razorback fans, they don't want to leave the SEC. They would never even if they were offered, hey, come into the Big 12, even swap like you can come right in. I don't think Razorback fans, by and large, would want to do that. But at the same time, though, I know in the back of their heads, they're like, man, if we did, it, it, not saying that we would play for a national championship, but we would certainly have an easier route to get there than having to go through the gauntlet of the SEC West every year. So that it's kind of like your, your pride won't let you say that you'll go to a lesser conference because you want to feel you want to be able to say, no, we can compete with the big boys. So it's kind of this conundrum that Razorbacks fans find themselves in. Well, Arkansas would be, I, I was just running through this in my head. I think Arkansas, if they were in the Big 12, would be the third most prestigious program in, in the Big 12 historically, behind Oklahoma and Texas. Don't you agree? I mean, there are more <laughs> nice. prestigious pro West Virginia, TCU, Baylor, Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma State. Arkansas is historically a more prestigious program than any of those. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, Whereas in right. the SEC, they're behind Alabama, Auburn, Tennessee, Florida, just one after the other. So, I mean, it's an mm -hmm. interesting thought. I know there's no decisions are being made here. We're not going to influence anything. I just think it's an interesting thing to think about. Well, it is because Arkansas is also in that location where it's like, you know, you're right in the middle of things. You're not southeast. I don't think anyone has ever considered Arkansas being in the southeast, but you're still not totally, or at least when you were in the Southwest Conference, you were so far away. You were kind of the West Virginia of the Big 12 where you were, you were the only team not in the state of Texas in that conference. So it's like even back then you had a, t a tough time finding out where you belonged, where you, where you needed to be, what was the best fit for you. And so uh, Frank Burrell's taking a huge risk going to the SEC. I didn't think it ended up being a brilliant, you know, a brilliant idea and a brilliant thing to do, especially financially, but competitively and where you're at now, it's just one of those things that I think it's, it's tough, tough not to look back on and say, uh, you know, what could have been and where would you be at right now? Because also, Jason, something that we've, I know we've talked about is that Arkansas historically, when they've had their best teams, it's always been when they've recruited the state of Texas really well. And even though they had some players from Texas here and there, even under Houston Nutt and, and, and under Bobby Vitrino, Brett Beal, and we know did Rick really recruit there. But it also makes me wonder, too, how that pipeline would look if they were playing games in the state of Texas, not just when Jerry World, when we play A&M, but talking about when they play at Baylor or at TCU or at Texas Tech or at Texas, where they were always in the state of Texas and their footprint was there. It just makes you think of the recruiting would have been able to stay strong in that regard as well. 
Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, that is one area where Chad Morris brings a ton of um, p- prestige and, and, and relevance and, and uh, credibility. So, you know, maybe that's maybe this is finally their way to get fully back into Texas, because if anybody can recruit Texas, it's Chad Morris. And um, again, string together a couple good recruiting classes, a couple decent seasons, and maybe you're competing for the big boys in Texas with the Texases and Oklahomas. Yeah, interesting conversation for sure. Uh, I know we're up against it as far as time goes, but I got to ask you, of course, about uh, something that I feel like me and you are the only ones that watch, or at least anyone that I know. I think me, you, and my brother are the only ones I watch, and that's the YouTube series of Cobra Kai. It's and so good. It's, it's, it's amazing because, see, I grew up, it, and it's a weird story real quick before we dive into it. The reason I'm a Karate Kid fan, the original Karate Kid fan, is because at my grandmother's house, you know, back then, grandma- grandparents weren't that fun. They didn't have a lot of, you know, video game systems and stuff like that. So what uh, what my grandmother had, though, for some reason, was Karate Kid Part 1 and 2 on VHS. So we would watch it. And that yeah. was, like, all we had. And, but it was an awesome movie. And I remember as a kid loving it and thinking it was awesome. And so that's where my love came from. And the fact that there's Cobra Kai series has come out for two seasons now it's not only nostalgic, but man, it's it's just incredible. Even if you have never seen the original Karate Kid, it's it's so good. And you know, so last year when 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 it came out, I I was I'm the same way. I mean, I grew up. It was in my house. My brother and I used to watch it all the time. And uh, so when they came out with it, my initial thought was, and I don't know about you, but my initial thought was, this is going to be terrible. Like, there's no way this is going to be any good. But I was in Missouri. I was actually in Columbia doing a uh, story on Missouri last year when it when that dropped. And I was like, I'll just watch the first episode. And I ended up staying up all night watching the whole first season. It was so good. And I couldn't wait for it to come back. And then I did the same thing the night that the second season come, came out. I watched the entire thing. I was up to like five in the morning. Um, and then I was so happy like a day later when I saw you tweet that you'd finished it. Cause I was like, I te- I texted you immediately. I was like, finally someone I can talk to about this because <laughs> my wife had never even seen the karate kid. I made, we, I made oh her watch gosh. it after I finished Cobra Kai season two. Uh, I told her we have to, I have to watch the karate kid and I need you to watch it. So <laughs> maybe I'll get her to watch Cobra Kai. Yeah, you're going to have to, man, because like I, I was with you. I thought it would be kind of lame or like they would try too hard, but it's it's like not only does it pay really good homage to the old characters, but even the new characters introduced are really intriguing and uh, have a lot of depth to them, which is really tough to do when you're trying to like we're in the age where there's nothing but like remakes and sequels and stuff. So it's like mm-hmm. it gets so cluttered and it's really hard to pull it off. But I think that this is one of the few times I can really say that, man, not only is it like really good, but it's even better than I think think that I could have even expected. So, well, uh, they. Yeah, I'm sorry. They get the nostalgia part, but they don't overwhelm you with it. They also, like, Miguel and Robbie and Sam, all these young new characters, I mean, it's just, it's the perfect mix of the nostalgic and the new uh, that that they've just nailed in a way that a lot of these remakes or reboots or things don't do, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, they've done a great job, and season three's been confirmed, man, so we're going to have to... Have to wait another year till it comes I, out, but until I'm that was announced, until that was announced, I didn't know Will Smith was like involved in Cobra Kai. Did you know that? I heard that they had to get like his blessing on it or something like that because Is he like a producer or something. Yeah, something like that because I know that they like had the rights to Karate Kid because you know him and his son made that that I thought it was terrible that Jaden Smith movie I never Karate even Kid. Saw it. Never Don't. Even saw it. 
don't see it. it it's 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 <laughs> I hated it so much. It was terrible. But I think that they had like the rights to it, and so like they had to get him involved or like had to have some sort of connection with him to be able to get permission to make it because I guess it's all part of the same canon. So I, yeah. I I don't know, but I just know that he has a hand in it somehow, some way. Interesting. I I love Will Smith. So yeah. Uh, we'll anyway. see. We'll yeah. see how much I love him after this Aladdin remake. I don't know about all that. Well, <laughs> well yeah, we'll, we'll see. But again, it's just another dang remake. Like I know, man. I know that it, it's like God, I, I, I enjoy. I appreciate you trying to do nostalgic things, but at the same time, I always appreciate new and inventive ideas when it comes to film. So, but yeah. uh, well, either... well, well, Cobra Kai is awesome, and anybody yes. listening to this podcast who hasn't checked it out really needs to. Yes, it's, it's excellent. Yeah, and it's on YouTube TV. So, and you can get a th- free 30 day trial with YouTube TV, and you can have it all watched within the 30 days. So, you don't have to pay for it. Oh, so. you're not going to need the 30 days. You're going to no. need one day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just need, need it's 20, I think it's 20 episodes i guess at this point now so yeah you can you can totally do that within within the first day so jason kersey of the athletic who wrote a great article on the state of the program dealing with the arkansas razorbacks be sure to check that out you can follow him on twitter at jason kersey jason really appreciate you hopping on man really great stuff uh like i said we'll keep up the good work and uh we'll make sure to catch up with you later down the road my man thanks john as always we'll see you well, appreciate everybody listening in to the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at Rush John Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have, and we will keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We will see you then. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 